Welcome to Tax Strategy Digest, where we explore the fascinating world of finance. Join us as we dive into the stories, insights, and experiences of experts, thought leaders, and everyday people who are making a difference in this field. Through engaging conversations and thought-provoking discussions, we'll take a deep dive into the latest research, trends, and innovations shaping finance. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn something new on this journey with us. Today, our, gu our guest is Chris Gore, who is a managing partner at Fortress Financial Partners, a hybrid financial advisory firm based in Raleigh, North Carolina. Chris, great to have you here, man. I'm really excited for this episode today. Thanks for having me, Paul. Excited too. Awesome. And um, so I guess we'll start it off. Just tell us a, a little bit about what you do, um, a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I'd say that what we do for clients is we take the most complex financial transactions in their lives and simplify them down to easy to understand choices so they can make informed decisions. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. And um, tell me a little bit about your firm. I mean, you guys are, I know you just actually moved from um, Raleigh to Charlotte. Is that correct? That's right. So growing our footprint and all go back and tell you how we got here. So first couple years in the industry, so basically right out of college, went and worked for one of the big retirement planning firms that everyone recognized. I think there's a statistic that 70% of people have had an account with them at some point, which was great. So in two and a half, three years, got licensed, probably got to talk to close to 10,000 people about their different financial plans. You hear a lot of crazy things. So it was a great place to get a lot of experience in a little bit amount of time. But I also realized that I didn't want to be at a firm that was going to be managed to the lowest common denominator. And this idea of cookie cutter advice to the masses just wasn't going to work for me long term. So went out there and started interviewing everywhere, trying to figure out you know, what's going to be the, the place to make a career. If I'm telling someone I'm going to manage their finances through retirement need to be somewhere that's going to you know, fit through that journey with them. So ended up at Fortress Financial Partners back in 2015. So we're almost a, a decade into it. Looks a lot different from when we started. We're now our own hybrid broker dealer and RIA. We do not outsource the either of those responsibilities was a big undertaking, but we think that regulatory advantage makes a huge difference for our clients. Awesome. Awesome. That's perfect. And um, tell me a little bit about your, your partner's background over at Fortress. Um, maybe, you know, who, who are they? What have they done in the past? Yeah. So it started out, uh, Joe and I, the only two advisors at Fortress. Now we're up to eight elite advisors who all get a chance to you know, manage money for their friends. It's interesting you know, for Joe and I, our entire professional career has been as financial planners. For a lot of the other advisors who have joined our team, they've had these, you know, illustrious careers before joining us. And the fact that they went from ex-partner at a huge real estate investment firm, you know, former dean of a top business school, former CFO of a regional bank, um, former CFO of a medical device company, uh, currency trader. These are all pretty impressive careers. And now their day job is to manage their friend's money. That's a pretty cool thing. That is pretty cool. And uh, what what does that look like behind the scenes? I mean, you 
and your partner, you guys started this off and then you guys just grew rapidly. I mean, are you guys kind of showing them the ropes? What is what does that entail on a day to day? Yeah, the the behind the scenes, everyone who holds it all together. Uh, <laughs> so we looked back recently, actually, and we saw that the average advisor to client relationship is 68 households, which compared to a lot of people, that, that's pretty small, but we want to have a ton of attention. We do everything for our clients. So we looked at that on top of our client service advisors who represent usually one, maybe two advisors each. That's pretty hands-on. And our client service advisors come from a background of managing three different bank branches to now working with 60 households. Uh, it's a walk in the park for them. We're super grateful to have them. They, they make it all look so easy. Our director of operations came from managing a big family office in the area to now you know, managing what looks like a multifamily office to a lot of people with us, uh, taking it in stride. I know that our director of financial planning was supporting 25 plus advisors before, and now she's doing financial planning for our clients. So very hands-on, very in the weeds. That's awesome. So I think you might've already kind of answered it just by talking about the hands-on approach, but what's been sort of the big difference you've noticed from working at a bigger firm um, with kind of a little bit more cookie cutter advice um, as opposed to where you're currently at with, it's a little bit smaller, obviously it's not a household um, known name. You're not at, you know, Bank of America or something like that. Um, what is, what has been that difference for you and what have you seen? You know, you could probably pull people on the street and ask them, what does a financial plan look like? And they'd probably get to it in a roundabout way. It's the investments and insurance, the taxes and the estate planning. Those are really the core pillars of putting together a financial plan. And at these big firms, or at least my experience was, of course, you can talk about those things, you know, generally speaking. But the difficult part for advisors and clients is up, you know, implementing the plan and trying to quarterback a bunch of different professionals and get these things done. That's where the real work's involved. And it's taken us a long time to get here, but now we have a turnkey solution once we want to you know, put this plan in play to go ahead and, and deliver on all four of those pillars. Nice. And I know we were, because we talked the other day, we talked a little bit about some um, suppression kind of from other advisors, some other um, companies, and we, we don't need to name their, their names, but there's um, other advisors, I'm sure they might even feel this way if they're at their current job, but what is what is that doing for the end customer, right? For for the client that they're being regulated. If you want to talk, maybe and again without bashing on one of those companies, just kind of what's been going on, like you were mentioning to me, um, what some of the programs are doing or they're saying, the things that they're using to control, um, and and maybe what what is best for the client and how are you guys doing that? Yeah, I have this conversation a lot. So I was talking to another advisor this morning about something similar. And we think that one of our advantages is a totally open architecture ability to build out financial plans. And when you're talking to other advisors, open architecture is interpreted as, oh, here's a 100 
money managers to, to pick from, but that's a curated list. And how did they curate the list? And I'm not sure if people really dug behind the scenes, they would hope that it's some sort of results, tangible benefit to the end client that's making up, you know, who they're choosing. But what we find out is it's some regulatory limitation or the firm's attorneys saying, hey, here's what we're going to go with. We're going to go with the lowest common denominator option. We're going to make sure that we watch our own backs. And unfortunately, that's passed on to the end consumer or the client. So for, and let me get this straight, because I'm not the expert as a, a advisor or anything like that. Uh, this isn't my world. So are there, these other firms, are they basically saying, hey, you can't do X, Y, and Z. You can't invest in X, Y, and Z because we don't offer that. We don't support it. What What's that? Is that exactly what it is or? Yeah, I'd say you probably know more than you're giving yourself credit for, but I'll, I'll give you an example. Sure. So let's say um, you're the advisor, you have some friends in your office who are clients of yours, your mom's a client, and uh, then you obviously manage your own account. And you all own Apple stock across the board in each of your accounts. And you decide, hey, today's the day we're going to sell the Apple stock. Well, let me ask you, whose stock are you going to sell first? Probably my own. And then how are you going to get in touch with the clients to, to sell theirs? Um, give them a call. Yeah, and hopefully they answer when you pick up. And hopefully that you're able to explain to them, hey, we've held Apple stock in your account for years. Today is the day we're choosing to sell it for XYZ reason. Okay. But what happens if they're on vacation? And what happened to, hey, I'm hiring you to take care of this for me. I don't want to worry about it. You Got bought it. the Apple stock. Now you're saying sell it. You sell it. Don't, you know, I've outsourced this decision-making to you, my advisor. I trust what you're going to do. And that unfortunately is how a lot of offices work, where you have to pick up the phone, call each client, explain to them what's going on. Hopefully you reach them and then you make the decision. Well, if we are going to sell Apple stock across the board in all of our accounts, we have the ability to do something called block trading. So that means you and your account, me and my account, you know, everyone at the same strike price sells at the exact same time. Gotcha. So there is no favoritism. None of that's even at risk. Wow. Okay. That's really cool. I never knew about that. And then is that something that clients, they sign that at the beginning when you first start talking to them, they say, Hey, I want to be involved in that sale. Yeah, the, the discretionary advice is something that we have on every client account that we work with because you know, you're hiring us to take care of this for you. If you need cash, and that means we need to sell a couple of positions to generate the cash to send it out to you, you know, we'll do the work and we'll get that money sent out. If you're on vacation, we don't want to interrupt that. Sure. And are there some clients you found that they want that phone call? They want to know, hey, by the way, I'm selling the Apple stock today. Is that okay with you? Um, or maybe it's even, hey, we just sold the Apple stock. Thanks. Yeah, some clients love that level of engagement and they want to be those, you know, stock jockeys and understand what's going up, what's going down. They turn on all the alerts in their account so they can see what we're doing all the time. But the vast majority, you know, 99% of the clients have, you know, said, we want this concierge level of service. 
where you are worried about this so that we do not have to. As long as everything you know, stays on track, this is your problem, not ours. Nice. And then you guys uh, act as a fiduciary in everything that you do. So, I mean, at any point, um, clients can know you're working in their best interest, right? Like they, they can, they feel that level of comfortability. Why would they not feel that somewhere else? I mean, I've seen it in the past where um, some clients were just like, hey, I worked with um, big name bank and I didn't feel like I was getting a service that actually benefited. Um, did you ever see that in your experience with um, where you worked prior that some people just didn't felt like they were getting that, that same level of care almost? Yeah, I mean, there's no coincidence that it's uh, XYZ firm with XYZ mutual fund and XYZ account. You know, that that conflict of interest is is rampant. But when we looked at the fiduciary rules and we see people using that and abusing that language all the time, the way we interpreted it was we want to have every option available to all of our clients all the time. And what we saw most of the industry going towards is this fee-only, RIA-only model. And easily 90% of our business is that advisory type of business or you know, fee-for-service business. But what we found is a lot of our clients are willing to let us crunch the numbers and show them, here are the costs. We can actually save you money by using this structure versus that structure. And we can do both. And we can change on, you know, as circumstances change and they really appreciate that and that's what we want to keep delivering so what are some of those things that clients will come to you asking i mean are they looking for advice on hey i'm selling my stock or i have company options or hey you know i want to start my retirement account uh what are the most common things that people will come to you for you know 68 different households it feels like we're, we're tailing ta tailoring everything to them specifically sure. but it goes back to those four pillars and we are really excited to have brought on tax preparation in-house as you know we've been doing tax planning for years this has been a huge differentiator for our business because when it comes to investments we think we have a great lineup of investments and our clients think that as well well, that at the end of the day, it's just a matter of our opinion. No one knows what any investment is going to look like six months from now. Right. And what we can do is review your taxes and say, hey, by changing these three or four things, we're going to save you $250,000 on your tax bill this year. And that's going to make a dramatic difference when you use that and compound it over decades. I love that. And that's um, kind of how we met. I know we started talking about the Deferred Sales Trust. Um, you guys are implementing that. Um, but what part of your guys' business, I mean, are you guys seeing from people coming to you for tax advice? I mean, where do taxes kind of weigh on that financial planning? Um, and, and how are you guys, I don't know what the best way to even ask it is. I, I'd say is it you know, how is that affecting your business? I mean, just being able to plan for their future using taxes. Are you seeing a lot of your clients are really, um, really needing that service right now? Have they even looked into it? That the consequences yeah. of not planning it? Every year we get the question, do you have a good CPA or, or tax person? And right. every year the number of requests has gone up and up. So we've interviewed 
dozens of tax preparers trying to find the right fit. Because again, you know, our clients are expecting a, a level of service and communication that they were not finding other places. And we want to make sure that that same level of service goes across the board, not just from their tax planning, which is you know one of the things we start with, but also in their tax preparation. We want to make sure that it's delivered early on time. We want them to have the rules in place for their tax returns, not the other way around. Yeah. So for some of those tax um, consequences, I mean, what's that big significant difference that you see um, between accounts of people who are being tax adverse? They are um, taking advantage of um, different strategies that can maximize their um, savings on taxes versus those who just say, you know what, I'm just going to pay all these taxes, never worry about it, um, tax me at the maximum rate. I mean, is there a big difference? Is it as big as people are saying? Um, or is it really, is it kind of smaller? You know, just with one tax strategy, the uh, QSBS, if you're familiar with it, so this has been around for over a decade. This was to incentivize entrepreneurs to go out there and start businesses, incentivize people to invest in these startup businesses. Of course, it doesn't apply to uh, you and me with service level businesses. Sure. But I'd say in the past year, we've had about eight different clients who are you know, tech entrepreneurs or starting different companies. And for each one of them, the impact was $10 million. Wow. So yeah, I'd say it made a pretty big difference because no matter what investment strategy we design for someone, if you're taking a 47% haircut right off the beginning to cover your taxes, you're just never going to catch up. Yeah. I, I feel like I say this far too often, but um, everybody's least favorite uncle is definitely their uncle, Sam. Uh, he, he's always that silent partner that loves stealing their money. That's right. <laughs> um, all right. Well, cool. I mean, you guys as a firm, are you doing anything right now? I know the market's a little bit odd, um, to say the least. It, it's been a little bit volatile ever since COVID really. I mean, it, it went up, it went down. There's interest rates are affecting everything. No one knows what's going to happen. Um, are you guys doing any different strategies um, other than, of course, your, your um, high level customer service, but really anything to one, help your clients um, and two, just plan for the future better? Yeah, a lot of our clients take this barbell approach with their investments. And on one side of the barbell is their conservative investments. How do we manage their cash? And one of the things about having multiple custodians you know, I was talking to someone today who was at their credit union. Their credit union is offering them a six-month CD paying 1.35%. I mean, that's that's terrible. So our money markets right now are paying around 5%. Right. And if you've seen those headlines recently, if you look at the yield of the S&P, if you look at the yield of the broad bond market, then if you look at our money market returns, the yields are all the same. So we see a lot of clients taking advantage of those different sort of structured notes and products to cover that side of the barbell strategy. And then on the other side, all of our clients are optimists, I would say, and they believe in being long-term investors. And that involves taking some risk. And as long as you have the right amount of you know, money on one side of the barbell, you can be aggressive. You can take some risks. And that 
it's where things get really fun. Nice. I love that. Um, I'm pretty risk adverse. I mean, I personally, I don't know about you, um, and this is not financial advice, anybody watching, but I personally love crypto. Um, I'm a huge believer in Bitcoin. Um, no, I'm not a fan of like Dogecoin or whatever those um, pump and dump coins are, but I love Bitcoin. I, I think that the use is fantastic, um, the security behind it. I won't dive too deep into it because I'm sure I'm going to get some uh, messages in my DMs telling me why uh, Bitcoin stinks, but um, that's for another, I guess, topic of conversation. Um, but I think it's really cool. What what are some of the concepts that people come to you like asking about? Is there some something that they just don't know anything about a lot of your clients where it's like, hey, can you explain the difference between a Roth IRA or um, a regular IRA? I mean, that, that's a generic example, but what are some of the common questions you get that you think more people should know? We work with a ton of business owners and a lot of them are new business owners. And for some reason, there's this underlying belief that having an LLC has something to do with taxes. Okay. If we can correct anything today, let's be the first ones to say, not only does an LLC not do anything for your taxes, establishing an LLC is literally a tax. You are paying money to the government to set this company up and then doing what with it? What part of it is going to save you money on taxes? Okay. Okay. And what, what is the purpose of an LLC? What, where does it benefit people? And what are some of the disadvantages, if any, other than the tax? That is a business entity structure. So beyond that, you have to decide how that structure is going to be taxed. Yeah. So one of the strategies that we like to look you know, for, for different clients, and this is a lot of different physicians and doctors and dentists that we work with, is setting a reasonable compensation structure, having them collect a salary. This is an LLC that'd be taxed as an S-corp then having the rest of the money paid to them as distributions. So people always think about their income tax as state and federal. They don't always notice that they're paying almost another 15% in payroll taxes that theoretically you do not have to pay if you're not using payroll for all of your income. Wow. Okay. That's a, that's something I definitely didn't know. So I'm, I'm glad we, we talked about that for sure. I think there's going to be someone out there who listens to this and is like, really? Um, so if you're that person, reach out to Chris. Um, perfect. Chris, I, uh, as we wrap up here, I like to ask everybody um, the same question at the end of the interview. And that's, what is your why? Why do you do what you do? Why do you love helping people? Uh, why are you in this profession? You know, I, I make a joke that I don't have a job and don't really work because my job is to manage my friend's money and their finances and take that off their plate. And it's something that they do not want to take care of. So calling this a job is, is really doing a disservice to what I do day to day. And I love it. I love it. And you just get to help your friends. I mean, I'm sure it's really painful to pick up the phone and call one of your buddies. Oh, no, it's awesome. I love <laughs> it. Especially, I'm sure it's great when uh, when stocks and whatever they're investing in are, are way up and you say, hey, you know, you're up 12% today. It's a great day. The market is booming. They're like, Chris, I love you, man. Thank you so much. The flip side, when it's down, don't worry about it. It's okay. But, yeah, much more fun this year when everything seems to be up. Yeah, exactly. Well, Chris, I really appreciate it. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I, I always appreciate your time and wisdom. Um, I'm going to add 
a link below to your LinkedIn profile. I know you're starting to post a little bit more on there right now. Uh, I'm also going to add a link to your website. Anywhere else that people should reach out to you on? Yeah, LinkedIn, Twitter, all of my information is on our website. I feel like I get 100 calls a day. So if anyone needs anything, just reach out. Okay, perfect. Well, Chris, I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Thanks, Paul. Talk to you later.